May 28, 2014, it's a lot from Pedro's show.
Cano day for the carnitas, and uh, I got one, so I brought one for Brother Matt, too. Gracias. Round two. Fucking <laughs> tasty. Uh, Brother Matt, well, let me say, well, we started the show off with uh, I Talked to the Trees by John Coltrane, and then the Bob single version of She Don't Know Why I'm Here by the last. Cool. Brother Matt, <laughs> help me welcome, yes, the very man of the last, the man wrote that song, sang that song, played on that song. Joe Nolte, welcome. How you doing, folks? Thanks, guys. Glad Pedro, to be here. Of Sam Pedro, how many years now? I'm I'm a newcomer to Pedro, barely a decade. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I've been South Bay all my life. Right. Original Dondo. Uh, Redondo, Hermosa, PV. Wow, the hill. Yeah, I actually grew up on the hill. Moved to the hill when I was four. Dang. Moved to the hill probably as Kennedy was being elected. Within a week of that. Yeah, yeah. Moved to Hermosa in 72. So your first 12 years are on the hill. Yeah. That's wow. when I first so got let's damaged. Let's go way back to then. What's your first musical recollection? That's a that's a great, insane, and impossible to answer question. What was the first TV, thing? I mean, it was probably... well radio, maybe your pop playing a record. Well, I, I, I do recall the Huckleberry Hound theme song from... Yeah. 
from way back then, especially because we'd always we always had to have dinner right at seven o'clock without fail. It was like because people did that. They sat down to dinner. Oh, crap. And uh, so I always missed the Huckleberry Hallam show and they'd let us be excused. I got down there just in time to watch the damn theme song as they signed off. (laughs) So Uh, so that's your first music recollection. Yeah, early. Well, I was. My mom listened to the top 40 stations. AM radio. Yeah, all two of them. <laughs> there was, a, there's, there was no KHJ then. Oh, oh this, this is pre KHJ. This is like, this is Kennedy era. This is like 61, yeah. 62, 63. Um, so she listened to the other two, KFWB and, um, yeah, of course, KRLA. And. Um, Which is still on. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, not quite the same as. No. as, as yeah, KFWB is really. Still got that, that KFWB <laughs> Channel ninety eight. Yeah, that was Warner Brothers old station. That's, That's the right. WB. But um, uh, it was. So I heard it. You know, just absorbed unconsciously a whole lot of the early sixties pop. The you know pre Beatles and to me that's still the great unappreciated, almost undiscovered terrain of pop music. I think it was one of the most... Well, like Gene Vincent? Brilliant. No, no. This Herman is post-original post, post original rock and oh, roll. England. You know, there's like... There's the story. It's like, okay, there's a great, you know, rock and roll movement of the 50s. Yeah. Then, you know, Elvis gets drafted, Buddy Holly dies, everybody goes to hell. And there's a great vacuum until yeah. the Beatles come. Right. Which is... Not entirely correct, but... I mean, it's like the best time for Motown. This is the period when they let Smokey Robinson do most of the writing. And, I mean, I think without Smokey Robinson, no Lennon-McCartney. It's like some of the stuff, like, what's so good about Goodbye, or I'll try something new. Did you see the Tammy show? Oh, my. (laughs) Tammy, I mean, I I was thinking about the Stones today. I just... I mean, one of the greatest moments is James Brown... Doing his thing, Mick Jagger. Then they show him. They do a close-up of Jagger taking notes, and then you see Jagger trying to do James Brown. Seconds later, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, we're seeing, we're seeing the great, um, um, ah, just just appropriation of African American music by. Uh, sort of by you were seeing it before our eyes watching <laughs> when did you take music into your own hands oh um, I mean when I was like nine or ten I okay. what took one of my little brothers and said here here's a Quaker Oats box you beat on that that'll be drums you yeah. know I mean, always just I'm coming of age and becoming aware it's like okay I'm I'm seven, and in second grade, when um, uh, Kennedy gets assassinated, yeah. which is, if you weren't there, you'll never know. Uh, I was at a Catholic school on the hill, Marymount Grade School. It ain't sure. there anymore. And you've got this period for, like, you know, it's like Thanksgiving and then Christmas, and, like, all the big kids are just going around bursting into tears at weird times for no reason. It's just this black time of mourning for everybody and it's just like you realize nobody's ever going to be happy no kid is ever going to be happy ever again and then like all of a sudden there's hey have you heard about you know and boom suddenly the Beatles hit and it's like 
1963 is forgotten suddenly. It's like, this is something from England that's never happened. They're new. They're totally different. And it subconsciously, a whole coming generation was allowed a second chance and allowed a kind, of, a kind of amnesia, if you will. And, and you know, what, what the Beatles did in healing is almost more important than anything else that happened. But so I'm like seven when Beatlemania hits. And um, I mean, they're still my favorite group now. And did I, you want a guitar right then? Yeah, didn't get one for years. You Thanks. Get your brother on the fucking oatmeal bus. I'd do what I could, yeah. <laughs> we would play. Let's, let's hear some new last right now. Oh, yeah. Did I ever mention I need you? And I think you need the same thing too. But since I can't be there for you that way, I really don't know what to say.
of the world awaken break your chains command your rights all the wealth you make is taken by exploiting parasites
on an oatmeal box. Bob from Pedro Show. We just heard Difference by The Last. Ahead of that was John, Tom, and Joe, Howie Reeve. Drifting. Something new from Dirty Beaches before that. Uh, brand new live thing from Pop Group. Trap. And started with more of The Last from this new album, Danger. I don't know what to say. So... You didn't know what to say. You didn't know what to get. How to ask for a guitar. Oh, yeah. Well, for your love. What? Just with, oh, yeah, yeah. We were, um, I think we changed the words, but yeah, we were trying to do like, you know, well, For Your Love is such a great song, which is, um, I'm a kid. I'm like, you know, this is, I'm going between um, seven and ten during this little period called the mid-60s. So we're being bombarded with more great songs than have any right to have existed in such a short period of time. Yeah. So it's like I, everybody wanted to be in a rock band then. 
and I just never stopped wanting it. Um, when did the guitar come? The guitar didn't come to all. I was I just turned eleven. Eleven. Yeah, and, um, and where who, who somebody it? somebody either a friend suggested me or more likely um, uh, I think music studios used to like cold call you know parents and say. Um, your child has been recommended as someone who might like to be learning a musical instrument. You know, one of those scams. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. and my mom said, did you want to learn how to play anything? Well, now that you ask. <laughs> I yeah, I want so guitar. Was it? was it acoustic? Yeah, a little old, uh, you know, acoustic nylon string guitar. And, you know, played. What'd you do? Fred first, copy records? Well, the, at the very... Oh, at the very beginning, we were doing, you know, I, you know, had to take the lessons, which were, you know, about as exciting as you can imagine. Um, and so then um, the lady, Dorothy's School of Music um, in Lamita on PCH, I think it's right near, right next to where the Tiki Bar is now down there. But uh, I, I got passed off from Dorothy to uh, a high school kid to take over, giving me the lessons. So we made a deal. If... Um, um, I would get through the lessons in, you know, half of the session. Then he'd show me like Beatles songs for the other half. Like, okay, yeah. Songs you <laughs> and, wanted to learn, right? And so we did lessons for a little bit, but finally I got a hold of a chord book, which is what I want. So I just started looking, figuring them out. Self-taught. Self-taught. That worked out well. It was I wanted. To, I needed to know, you know, where to put the fingers and stuff, but. As far as really trying to get something to sound like it did on the record, yeah. as you say, I started listening to records yeah. and yeah. found out that it was a lot more satisfying. Plus, that's the only way to learn how to write. Okay. Like, really, you know, you try to figure out what they're doing in the process. You're training your mind to Do you remember the first song you out. wrote? Yeah, I just got in the guitar, so I didn't have... Um, I didn't know any chords. Yeah. So I just started going, blam, blam. So I had to figure out something that I could just strum and not do anything with the other hand. Rumble? <laughs> yeah, so I wrote, I think it was a song of lament, baby, I repent. Um, not, nothing really to write home about, but I was 11. <laughs> but I could do that. Lament for 11-year-old is pretty intense. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm not sure what I had to lament about I at that age. Some of the, <laughs> uh, some of the, the Blood of the Bard rolling through your fucking vanios. <laughs> you know, Shakespeare by the Sea is coming up here. Oh, that's right. What do they do in, in this one? a couple one? weeks. It's going to be I want Hamlet and uh, Midsummer, Midsummer Night, Night Eve. Eve. Puck. It's a Damn, the two classics. They've had, they've had that a few times yeah. Midsummer. Yeah, that's that right. Midsummer seems, seems like a no-brainer. I can't Hamlet, remember the last so one happy. I saw. <laughs> the palate cleanser. So when do you start your first band? We are such stuff as, um, well, how long did it take? Within a year of taking up the guitar. So like 12. So as soon as, yeah, as soon as I could. So right about. It? <laughs> what the heck? See, if I remember what we called it, I'm not sure I'm going to admit it. You know, um, it couldn't have been anything good. Yeah. And this is, so this, I'm 12. So this is. By this time, every garage band, you know, it, it used to be every garage band has to learn uh, Wipeout, yeah. then it's Louie Louie. <laughs> By the time I make the garages at 68, so everybody's got to learn Sunshine of Your Love. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> you got to know that one. Um, although after, after the Batman show came out, Wipeout made a comeback. It actually made a comeback on the damn charts just because it sounded so similar to the Batman thing. Wow. We're never getting out of this Carol decade. You know. Oh, Carol Kane. I remember she was. She's become Batman. She's and so and, and everything else. <laughs> a lot of television music. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, she, my brother David knows her. Yeah. Oh, of course, the great Hal Blaine and Carol Kane. But yeah, Carol actually told David it was, you know, when. Um, they did when the Wondermints went to do the Brian Wilson thing. Yeah. The one Wondermint that didn't get to go along was my brother David. Yeah, right. And who, of course, also co-founded the Descendants. And, uh, poor guy, <laughs> missed the boat and everything. But they already had a contract for a different bass player, so they couldn't use David. And Carol Kay said, "Ah, you ought to be up there," which is pretty wow. cool. She loves to have her say that. Does she really? Yeah, she gives lessons. Nice. She got to be the right. Kind of bass player. So when do you start the last? Okay, so we got... You know, I go through various garage sort of bands, and I mean, I've written... There's stuff that's ended up on record. Started, I was starting to write, like, by the time I'm, like, by 70, 71, like, when I'm 14, 15. Yeah. And I think 1972, I'm just 16. That's when I meet Vitus. We're at Loyola High. Yeah. Um, he's been in... Germany for a few years. He's transferred all over. Um, I was trying to get something together, and I found out he played flute. And I liked Toll. I said, oh, "Okay, I got to get this guy. <laughs> got to get him into a band. It'll, you know, that'll be our gimmick. We'll have a flute." Um, uh, so we, we started this uh, progressive band. Um, well, basically, actually, no, I've still got, we have, there's, we were in a French class. And so on the French book, we wrote, we made a bet, $5, as to whose band was going to make it first. So we each had a different band, you know. But, so we ended up hedging our bets by merging bands. Um, and they were prog bands? Yeah, yeah, and it became, when, when it merged. So moved from garage music to prog. Yeah. And what I mean, the Times was doing, I remember, early yeah. 70s, yeah. And the garage stuff wasn't, you know, I mean, it wasn't garage in the good sense, really. You know, it was... Trashman wasn't trash. Yeah, it was... Mm, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody was trying to be hip and play whatever they heard on FM, which at the time was good. That was new. But, um... Let's hear some more laughs. They say take what you want and you'll be sated I found out they were wrong, it was belated Now I can't tell you why I'm so elated But I can see the faces in your eyes I can see the faces in your eyes I can see a world that waits for me Wooing. I can't say where it ends, but I'm renewing 
and as strange I can see a face behind a cloud I can't see a thing that's not allowed
Faces in Your Eyes by The Last, and Circle by Sandra Vu, Six by Aaron Oppenheim, after that, Bronze Hogan by Tobacco, some time out there on tour, Summer God Complex by The Lemon Limes, and finally, Red Hair by The Last. Uh-huh. So, can you play Red Hair out of here? There's like bad, bad words in that song. Yeah. Nice. You uh, thanks. Like motherfuckers. Don't worry, Jim and Joe. <laughs> I, you've just proved so, the point. Um, competing mm. prog bands unite to make one prog oh, yeah. band. I want. I got to say, it's nice that we dovetailed into that talking about prog band, and you just finished hearing uh, um, "Faces in Your Eyes," which has like sort of a da 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 da. Yeah. Carl, our bass player on that, figured out the perfect mnemonic. He said, "Simple. Kill me now. I want to die. Kill me now. I want to die." Over. That's how you repeat that. That's how you get through the song. But anyway, yeah, the whole idea... Taco Burrito. Taco Burrito. Oh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's how I learned seven. Taco, Taco Burrito. Taco, Taco Burrito. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the, the idea of the prog stuff, and we're not talking about, obviously, uh, you know, mu- music to fall into a coma by, you know, like sort of like the later Krautrock stuff is fun as some that could occasionally be. But it... Um, well, here's the thing for me. It's like, um, I, yeah, I got it, it to get to the last, I have to tell this little story. It's, 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 um, I was ready for Woodstock. I was almost old enough to go to Woodstock, almost old enough to go to Altamont. Could have gone to both, had rides, would have had to run away. 
just a little bit too young. But just I couldn't wait to to be old enough to like peace out with my brothers and sisters because I knew we were all going to be one big communal happy family all through the 70s, right? I thought, yeah, I want to go to all the great festivals. I'm sure Hendrix will be playing for decades and Janice, you know, um, and stuff. And, um, you know, the whole Woodstock myth, the whole idea, and for me, just the musical aspect of it. I couldn't wait to be old enough to get in there. And it's like, you know, and I, that, the early 70s hit. I'm a teenager and where did everybody go? You know, it's like after uh, Kent State and also uh, Kent State and uh, Jackson State, the forgotten one. You know, it's like, oh wow, they're shooting real bullets. Well, I think I'll go back to school. I don't think I need to be in counterculture anymore. You know, as soon as the draft winds down, as soon as there is like real danger, it's like the the bloody movement just like dissipates, dies. Uh, there are a million and a half people. Yeah, a million and a half chickens that just run off and leave us. Wait a minute. You guys sold us a bill of goods. So it's time to break up the prog band. It's like, well, actually, no, it's about what I started. It. <laughs> but, but no, the deal was, was that it just like, I watch every one of my favorite bands get bad. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, the Stones after Exile. No. Solo Beatles, sometime in New York City. No, there's no reason for it to exist. Um, you know, they're just like everybody. The Kinks got bad. Toll got bad, Zappa got bad, Zappa, instead of being the most brilliant guy in rock and roll, starts telling potty jokes and singing about yellow snow and starts making money. Everybody starts getting crappier and crappier and more successful. And it's just like a part of that's improved recording techniques that don't lend themselves well to the great accidental stuff that makes for great music. And uh, a, a whole bunch of factors that books have probably been written about, but that basically rock music has gone downhill and nobody seems alarmed. I was like, oh crap. So I figured, okay, I've got to, we've got to, we have to reinvent it or something or do something. And so my approach, not having any better ideas, we started doing the ultimate band that was going to, no song would stay in the same, uh, uh, the same key signature, the same time. You know, we were going to, it's going to change, 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 you know, we would have songs that would go from a little country part into like a seven eighth jazz thing, and it, it just whatever we could do to mess it up. And it was fun, self indulgent, of course, but we were teenagers. We were self indulgent by definition. It was fun. It was different, and we embarked like we used to play high school dances. I played a few, never the same one more than once though. <laughs> We'd go in triumphant and leave running out the back way and escaping <laughs> with most of our equipment by the skin of our teeth. But yeah, we would mess, we, we would like mess up a lot of just like regular parties and rah, rah, you know, dances. And what's the name of this band? We loved it because of course, you know, Did they have a name of this band? Uh, Nostradamus, Morgoth, Ajar, uh, some strange ways, several names. We went through a lot of names, which is actually part of the, you know, if you can't use the same name because okay, that one's got a bad rap, man. No, no. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lynching party. First hour, May 28, 2014. Special guest Joe Nolte, brother Matt. Let's hold tight for hour two. I know. May 28, 2014. It's the second hour of the Walk from Pedro show.
of sand and bones, a sword and ocean wave. The moon has a lonely wound that can reach into your cave. It's up there. It's down there. It's a fortune teller's lips bursting with rapture. Walk gently down the forever path to escape death's wrath. Walk. Down there, it's time and space and life. There is no escape. Who will dance in its ballroom?
second hour with the last doing danger your brother mike wrote that too brother mike wrote it wow he's the only one he wrote on it. yeah oh, yeah sorry he didn't have a lot of stuff ready you and i was on a this, roll you heard this band the chronics from italy well i played their version they just came out with a version of she don't know why i'm here that's the ones i was i i i had just been in contact with them i was wondering if that was the same <laughs> yeah. band Have i haven't it? heard it yet no ah. they, they told me yeah, i should yeah. hit you up for a copy okay yeah. <laughs> no problem i mean they do an interesting version that i would love you to hear that. okay oh dear that well that um, could be good no it is it is it's really neat it's they they did you right they did the song wow. right after that was uh, Robots from Billions of Comrades, Sand and Bones from Cuz, new album from Cuz, Errors of Metabolism with On Muscle Pig Beach, The Suburbs with Memory. Do you remember The Suburbs? They're oh, a yeah. Soda band that came and played. They yeah. They were on a Volkswagen bus. I think the only band I know that ever tried to tour in a bus. After That's that was uh, Blank, Up, Up. They were at uh, Tokyo Band from uh, at Harold's Place a couple weeks ago. Nice. And then finally, I'm not crazy by the last. That ain't a Mike song, right? That actually, that I wrote it. Yeah, but he 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 does it justice with the no 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 no. And actually, yeah, I'm not crazy as far as you know, so that, that's when debatable. So Morgoth finally lose all its names and become the last. Oh, okay. So here's how it goes down. It's like I had a. a you know, an epiphanal moment. This is right. This is, this has to be probably either late 72, I think very early 73. Okay, so we're in the, in, in the dreaded depths of the early mid 70s yeah. void, if you will. And the I've got. Greater. <laughs> yeah. And we've got, yeah, yeah, so and I've got my, you know, my the Morgoth, the band thing going on, and I had an epiphanal moment. Where, you may ask? I'm living in Hermosa, going to school downtown L.A. Where did I have this epiphanal moment? Um, just off Western on uh, Avenida de Aprenda. Yeah. So. That's by Dotson. That's right, that is by Dotson. Right, I have walked learning, from Dotson. Learning Avenue. Yeah. And maybe so, Housing's right by there. The Navy Housing is... Right across the That's street. Where I came to California from Virginia. Amazing. 
So yeah, so for example, I have a home away from home in high school, in in Pedro, in that in on that street in that area at the time, okay. and um, and it was just it was a school day. It was after school. We were hanging out. Somebody had one of those old um, you know KRLA happening hits albums or something, whatever, and um, you know for a for a joke, and they were playing songs, and I. I was in a very, I had to be careful. Family members will be listening. I was in a very susceptible state of mind. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I, and somebody put on Push and Do Hard by the King, by the Seas. Jeez. Forgive me, we used to do Push and Do Hard with You Really Got Me as a medley. So anyway, I hadn't heard, I, obviously it was, I'd heard it millions of times back in the day. Hadn't heard it in a little while. A few years, and it was just like this is a lot better than I remember it being. It just it took on extra meaning, extra depth. Then it gets to the guitar solo, yeah. which is so clumsily played, so simple, but so beautifully pentatonic. It sounds yeah. like an Irish dirge. Down, 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 down. I realized, my God, it's like, you know, you're talking about art as being as the taking away of that which is not essential. Like Michelangelo saying, the statue's already there. I just have to get rid of the stuff covering it. Yeah. You know, as, as this idea of sculpting. And just like, it was just like these few dumb little notes were all perfect and said everything and said more than anything I was hearing on the damn radio. Yeah. What am I doing? This stuff is better than what's out there now. This yeah. is the beginning of 73. So by spring 73, pushing new hearts in the set. We started, we started the road to punk rock. Okay. Even while, like, this is why while Raw Power is coming out. So it's you know, still the continuum. Azurban or there, Goth. There's, when, when does the last name? Nostradamus, too. Nostradamus. Nostradamus. And then somebody decided that we'd become twice. Hated the name. Um... And we kept twice T O with a Y T W Y C E. <laughs> yeah. That's the first time we had any dealings with a manager. See uh, where that gets you. <laughs> Somebody wants to manage you, tell them just say no. Uh, we ba- we the high school band lasted through high school. Yeah, mostly reviled. Um, we came back together in '75. Yeah, I was able to get them together to do one party. Yeah. In Hawthorne in summer, and yeah. we knew that was pretty much going to be it. And um, we did it, and by this and this time I got the band together, and I was getting kind of into it. I said, let's let's have some fun. So we started doing, like, old uh, Seeds, uh, old Kinks. We did the, um, um, the original uh, Guess Who version of Shaking All Over, stuff like that. Just like, I was like, getting heavily, heavily into, you know, like, mid-60s. It's like, a song doesn't need to be over two and a half minutes. It doesn't need to be complex. As far as virtuosity, that doesn't need to really exist. Um, you know, it's like feeling over, you know, over over ability. So that was going to be the last gig? And th- that was good, the last gig of that, um, of, of, of that prog band. We knew that was probably going to be it. And but I said let's just so I made him learn a bunch of new songs. 
Just to go out, just, just to have fun. Gig, but does the name have something to do with that? Not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but we did that thing, and it's just like all of a sudden, all these like kids, all these like um, you know, we're just out of high school. All these kids right. are just getting into high school, are just like going nuts. They thought it was the best thing they'd heard. You know, they thought we wrote the songs. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure we did my generation. I mean, um, but so I was getting into it. But I, but that was it. I just stayed home, buying records, playing records, and I was just like, I was, I was just fifties records, sixties records. I was ignoring. There wasn't anything to listen to in the modern world anyway, but I was just ignoring most of that stuff, and didn't know what I was going to do. knew I was going to have to do something. Um, boom, end of seventy, and I pretty much decided whatever was going to happen was going to have something to do with. I I really felt music needed to go backward to go for. We had to get back out of the, you know, 30 minute jam sessions and back into, you know, the two and a half minute pop, you know, hit them hard, hit them fast, leave them wanting more sort of ethos. And little did I realize, little did I ever expect that a scene, you know, built upon that whatever was already starting in New York. And so when by the end of 75, I start reading about a punk scene yeah. in New York City, I'm like, no. I mean, on one hand, whoa, this is great. On the other hand, wait, that was my idea. So there's obviously a zeitgeist going on because other people are having the same Spirit idea. The I thought I was so alone and original. And You're so part of this reaction. Clearly, clearly. It, it, it was it, in the minority, obviously. The arena shows are huge, but there was a minority... That's like no, yeah, yeah, and it just, it's just—it's just funny. Fertilizer for a new crop, and it's just so funny that 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 the 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 reaction was, you know, that so many of us wanted to go in that same different direction. Sure, sure. Um, so where did the idea of the last? Well, I started. Davidus is a guy who comes over from the prog band to be in the last. First one is Dave Harbison, the bass player. Okay. who is a bass player on uh, the original sure. single and who unfortunately um, killed himself in 81. He must have, uh, yeah. We had, and actually our previous bass player in the prog band had killed himself a week before the record, the Shionawai record came out, so. Wow. Yeah, don't be a bass player in the last. It doesn't pay. Your wife's the bass player. Ah, shit. I haven't told her about that. <laughs> don't tell her, man. <laughs> so... Okay, first the bass band. Yeah, so then, basically what happened, what happened it, took, it took me, I had, it took a long time to get Vetus into it, believe it or not. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because he thought I'd lost my mind. Yeah. Because I'm playing, oh, no, I, remember I play him the Ramones, and he's no, like. No, I remember those days. People didn't want to know about punk. <laughs> dude, I took. You either knew it, liked it, or you didn't. Some people slowly got into it, but a lot of people, their first taste was like, whoa, what the oh, fuck is wrong? I had all these friends who were like into the dead of Fleetwood Mac, but they like, I was the guy who knew music. They looked to me, what should we be listening to, Joe? I was you know, I took like twenty of them to the Roxy to see that first uh, Ramones Flame and Groovy show in seventy yeah. six. None of them ever spoke to me again. <laughs> I was just like, Whoo! Joe's got out the deep end. <laughs> Except for one. One of those friends was Dave Harbison, our bass player. And he he was willing to follow me. Okay. He thought I was nuts too, but he He's, was into his it. His bass is great on that fucking record. Oh yeah, I've got some early recordings wow. that we also did in seventy six, but 
I got David in. We went through a couple of drummers. Um, Vidus did not want to play music and didn't really want to be involved with anything punk, but was willing to help record us. And I worked with him. I said, you know, we could use flute on this song, or maybe you could do there a little keyboards here. The flute um, angle. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't until like mid-77 that he finally agreed to officially join the band. But um, he was, we were recording as of late 76. He played with us at our one 1976 show. November 76, our first show. It's a private party. Yeah. The Sweet 16 birthday party. For yeah, I saw that at your website. Buster Keaton's, Buster Keaton's granddaughter, Debbie okay. Keaton. Debbie Keaton. Amazing. Because I think I saw your third gig. Because what you got listed there is the whiskey in, was it January 78? Yeah, that would have been like the third gig. Second gig, I of course, was a mass. Me and Deep Boone saw you guys with the nerves nice. the whiskey. It was a was, and, and that was David Nolte's first first gig. So we got Dave Harbison was still with us for the mask show, okay. which was like I think a week no, or two I weeks before that. Brother, because you fucking tuned it on stage, and I've never had seen to. something like that. You know, I've been to <laughs> arena rock shows. I've never seen some guy tune the other dude's fucking thing. That was the first time I ever saw that. Yeah, no, and that was and there's and it's funny too because I'd seen it happen. It came naturally to us. One thing. I was determined from the beginning we weren't going to, like, dress up. We weren't going to wear Halloween costumes to go on stage. It's like... You had a trippy coat, though. Yeah. It was, like, red and... That's true. Blue. Blue and red. Yeah. Exactly. You also painted on your guitar. The last. Yeah. Vetus painted that, I think, actually. Did he paint that? I think he painted that, yeah. <laughs> really big. The last. <laughs> like, you never saw that, you know, in those days. Right? Yeah. Guitars look like pieces of furniture and shit to... To make something so personal, it really struck us. We painted our guitars when we saw that. Oh, no way. That's I, cool. I, I, That's I cool. painted Pedro on mine, and people thought my name was Pedro. <laughs> you know, we're getting to that That's point. That's hilarious. <laughs> we're getting to that point uh, with the show where Brother Matt brings on his spin cycle. So we're going to listen to him throw a schmaz here. Okay, cool. Okay, Brother Matt, go. I could have bought the place And not to mention that they know my face And now it's hell getting out the place Come on! Walking the streets tonight I'm catching some fireflies Some say that I'm living a lie No more today, no more tonight You can say that I'm running the gun A million miles away from the sun Baby, I hope you have it fun. Come on. 
Clever. You give Clever a ring, which he did. He called him up, just so Mommy wouldn't cry. Clever heard his story about different and the same. Said, you crazy? Is this some silly game? No, no, it ain't. Like Mommy said, you gotta straighten out my head. Clever. You're so clever. Is your cleverness enough? Can you help this aging rebel? Do you really have the stuff? Bet you don't have. Bet you bread that you'll pass the buck instead. Clever sent our hero to a crowded, funny room where a crowd of cunnings listen, giggle in the gloom. That's your problem, aging rebel. Don't you really know the score? What's this rebel's name? You crazy? You think you're gonna change this silly world? Better see yourself a shrink. Cunningly they argue about our boy, who's breaking down the door. Now he's running down a dark, diabolical awaits. Grabs him by the ankle. Eat it just like fate. Let go. Oh no, would you? Diabolical inside. Diabolical laughs in an alley full of soot. Never let you go. You're gonna lose your little foot. Forget the same. You'll be different now. Somewhat shorter on one side. Panic in his brain pulls and gets away. Loses him. It's a dust. Ken Nordine. Yeah. Brother Ken. Brother Mel, what were you thinking? And what was inspiring you? What was driving? What was the force, force giving you the impetus? Started with the little bit of roots there. Yeah. From uh, some leftover Joshua Tree inklings from That's uh, right, some right revivalists. Yeah, revivalists. Was Rose. Little Dragon there? I don't recall Little Dragon. You know about this Swedish band? No. Somebody told me they were playing, oh, no, Bottle Lightning. Oh, Lightning in a Bottle. Lightning yeah, that was this past weekend up in, uh, they moved, used to be in Irvine. Now and you didn't go to that? No, I, I skipped this here. Oh, okay. pretty expensive. Well, thank That's you so much pleasure. for your spin cycle. My pleasure. Thank Always eating a bet and bitching slice of mine. Fucking free-for-all. Back to our guest, Joe Nolte. <laughs> so you play this birthday party for Buster Keaton's granddaughter yeah and that's your first last gig that was our first gig as how did you last. get the name the last though we uh we had been called we started we had a prototype name called the power which yeah it was my brother mike who From was not in the band why 
Yeah, for twice of the wide of the power. So, baby steps towards getting anywhere good. Um, we did. We knew we needed a different name. Uh, we just had our first practice, and it's uh, me, um, bass player Dave Harbison. Um, we had a drummer named Mike Clark. No relation to the birds guy. Um, we had a keyboardist named Sean Doherty. That was, I think, his. Was it Sean Doherty? Anyway, it was this one and only time. Um, Vetus was there to record us. Little did he know, I wouldn't let him get away. Um, and anyway, it was at my mom's garage on uh, 517 2nd Street in Hermosa. Yeah. And I'd moved there because it's like, you got to realize this, there was this thing happening in New York. What New York had that L.A. did not have was a yeah. place to play. Yeah. And nobody, it's never been as bad as it was since and it probably never will be and nobody will believe it you will know um in the mid early and mid 70s you know if you were starting a band an original band you had nowhere to play yeah, right. there was nowhere to play Nothing. maybe you could do a high school or, or a party right but there were, there was no club scene yeah. for a place that had had, prior to the crackdown, such a vibrant mid-60s club scene. Sure. L.A., there was no place to play. You could yeah. not get in. And um, it was a whole, like, Kafkaesque, Catch-22, only you could have opened this door sort of logic behind the way labels worked. Um, in order for anybody to consider signing you, you had to have some, you know, you had to have records or something. You had to have been signed to be signed. If you are not signed, you cannot get signed. Yeah, yeah. Ever. So it's like, Just doors closed, suckers. <laughs> we'll wait till everybody dies off, then we'll start looking around. But it was the labels. Back then there were labels. <laughs> um, it was a closed system, man. They right. wouldn't let nobody so in. So a birthday party. But then the second gig is actually the mask. The right. Situation it's, in town. The new sheriff in town, Mr. Brandon. That's right. That's right. Because there is. Um, On Cherokee and uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Yep. 77, the things start to open up. But in 76, when we do the party, there is nothing. And there are maybe one or two times a year where a few lucky ones that ran into Kim Valley at a party are able to play the whiskey or something. Yeah. But then until Brendan in August of 77 opens the doors of the mass, there's nothing. There was, two months earlier, briefly, for about a month and a half, um, the Zippers and Backdoor Man had gotten a hold of this place called Under the Pier. Yeah, Backdoor Man was a magazine, people write. Actually, there were some gigs at the Starwood, because that's what Backdoor Man used to write about. Like Ronnie doing uh, New Order. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were there were few and far between things going on. There was the Radio Free Hollywood thing. Yeah. Um, the yeah, uh, the Imperial Dogs. Then the right, dogs. Don Waller. Yeah, but Don Waller and Fast Freddy and Dee Dee Faye, Tom Gardner, that's and the rest of them. For, yeah, that's what got me back to the South Bay. Because actually, okay. I my dad and I agreed <laughs> uh, that I should that we should not be under the same roof. So like right after high school, I'm out the door. Yeah. Um, so I end up in L.A. Uh, you know, wherever I could stay or whatever for Dee a couple Dee of years. Was Carson, huh? Dee Dee's and Carson, yeah, yeah. So they're all zippers. Was Carson, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was like, yeah, the the late Billy Willa and Bob Willingham, um, and the rest. Um, Danny Elfay, of course, right. and and the great uh, Lou Camerata. 
Um, and I mean, Pat Smear loved the Zippers. It's like all these punk people like really dug them, even though the Zippers were totally like kind you know wave. like kind of yeah. glam metal. I mean, they were great. They should have been bigger. But um, I was up in L.A. I was working at Platterpost Records in Santa Monica sure. when I started hearing about the punk thing happening in New York. And like as soon as I heard about that, I knew that's what I want to do. Now I had a focus. I had somewhere to go. That's when I started getting the prototype together. Um, I started writing my first punk songs huh, in uh, March and April of 76, not knowing what any of the bands sound like. Because there's no records. Just the Ramones haven't put yeah. out their records. So, yeah, I'm writing songs based on pictures. Yeah, That's how so, it was for us, too. Right. Pictures had no idea. What, we yeah. thought it was going to be a lot of synthesizers because they looked like they were from space. <laughs> no shit. Remember those pictures in fucking pinks? And there was one of, were they called Zar, uh, Zolar X? There oh, was God. a Hollywood band, right? Yes, there was. And I <laughs> thought the punk rockers were going to sound like that stuff. I didn't know. I know. There's no way. And I remember hearing New Rose, and it really blew me away. I thought, man, this is like you were saying my generation. Uh huh. For me, it was at New Rose. For and actually, I didn't like New Rose that much. No, I liked later other guitar. songs like I like mean, Stab Your Back. You know, it's guitar music though. Yeah. So, and I thought it was going to be. Oh right, right, right. And then, and then actually seeing some Hollywood gigs with Screamers and Nervous Gender. I mean, looks <laughs> so strange. Seeing the Screamers, I think, changes more lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what an amazing group. But, yeah, beautiful. Um, but at the beginning... Couldn't really say they were 60s. Yeah, but there were no... And, and, the thing, and a lot of people were my 60s damage. See, I'd been... You know, I'd already been into this thing, and oh, I'd already... Joe, we're at the end of the second hour. Oops, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but we got a little more to go. It's about May 28, 2014. Peter show. Hold tight for hour three... Yeah, I know. I just, I just. 2014 is the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
doing look again and that's what we're doing we're looking again back <laughs> at the past then we had uh yells at eels from uh no that's the name of the band sorry uh stephan gonzalez his father Dennis gonzalez and uh, dallas there with uh tranquilidad aboratora sorry number two then Miss Melvis with Sunshine Birds, and finally the last, When That I Am Dead. When That I Am Dead. That is, uh, that's kind of Shakespearean. When That I Am Dead. I'd like, why did I, well, clearly, obviously, a deliberate, you know, uh, Deliberately archaic. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if I can explain the, the choice. Yeah. So, you're writing all these songs in 76. You start getting to play in 78. You do this mass show. You do the Show Me and D. Boone Salt the Whiskey. You do a few whiskey shows that first year, right? Yeah. Actually, we got um, we, we did one in March with the Bags, May with the Weirdos, or maybe it was the other way around. Um, basically, we would, you know, we would get asked to open a lot. The only stipulation was we had, you know, Somebody had Alona's amplifiers. <laughs> we had no amps. Yeah, none at all. We were there, so we never had a consistent you sound. <laughs> How did you do Prack? Uh, we 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 had to you know, we we did, we had to find studios that had a backline. <laughs> okay. You were telling me about the recordings. You don't know why I'm here, but you did the overdubs. The preamp burned. You only got one shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little did we know, but there wasn't. See, there wasn't the beauty of the pressure of knowing you only had one shot because right. we had no idea. Right. Um, yeah. What happened? We had done the. Uh, we had a four track tape deck. We'd done. We'd use two of the tracks to do the the drums and the bass and stuff. So then we had this elaborate setup. We were going to record the other two tracks or simultaneously with two mics, but we had. The everything was in the positioning. So we had the lead guitar amps so over here, then over there is going to be the keyboards, and then okay, um, brother Mike's going to be doing the tambourine over here. He's going to have to jump here to get in on the singing, and so we've got it. Okay, everything's all yeah. With okay, maybe this is going to work. So we've got it coordinated, set up. So we hit the thing to do a practice. We had everything going into this elaborate sort of wiring system <laughs> um, into this preamp, very old one. And so we decided to do a test run to make sure that it sounded okay. So um, we did. We went through both songs, Bombing and um, then She Don't Know I'm Here. And we finished the practice run. And before we could check it out, we noticed that the preamp has uh, actually, there's a little flame coming from it. It's caught fire. Um, there's a swimming pool handy where the preamp is promptly tossed into. <laughs> And that was the end of that recording session. <laughs> and so that, that was that. We ended up... Um, but you what, got the take. Yeah, we got the take. Um, I mean, I, there's a million things wrong with it. The vocals are a little flat in places. But, 
you know, what are you going to do? We couldn't do it again. So you're, you know, don't have a single or have a single. So um, we put it out. We had to go to, I think, uh, Whittier to get it pressed. Um, and we had to, like, handwrite the labels. So it's a good thing we only made 300 because I wrote every one of those damn labels, man. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was quite literally painful, but uh, that's it. Just what are you gonna do? <laughs> well, you go to make another single. When's uh, our explosion? A year later? Um, yeah, actually, we did an even more limited. Um, there's um, every summer day, which is also on the CD. All the singles yeah. got put on the sure. CD of LA Explosion album, even though you can't tell. It's a it's a it's an extra bonus when you open it up. Um, every summer day, actually, we only released um, 150 copies. We didn't. We had to make it private because Bomp. We were already with Bomp now. Yeah. They were gonna reissue. She don't know why, but after six month, six months, you know, I mean, we figured, well, how much longer is our career gonna last? <laughs> so we made a very limited and even more weird and echoey um, every summer day. That was our second single. That was June of '78, and then. Um, we're still kind of uh, in limbo, and so November of 78, we make one final single, and that was a Melee Explosion single, yeah. and um, we've just... on the other side. Yeah. We actually put Hitler's Brother out the, as the back of Every Summer Day, but um, the acetate got dropped, so there's like a... <laughs> all the way through it, so we put it on the back of Melee Explosion, too, just to give Jack another chance. Yes, because Jack's saying that Yeah, and, and then so Bob... By this time, it's getting pissed. So Greg says, "Stop putting out singles." We said, "Let us make our album, then we'll stop." This <laughs> like, okay, fine. So, so, LA, so LA Explosion album was the next. Which uh, took a long time to do. A lot of waiting. Yeah, yeah. And, and truthfully, probably, you know, I did. It was like mostly, mostly April, March, April of '79. Um, recorded at the dead of night. We had a good studio. Um, that we could not afford, and um, they had a house engineer who wanted to be a producer. I think this is the only thing he ever produced. Um, but we were able; he was able to get us in there. He was able to sneak us in there in the dead of night. Literally, um, there is hardly any of LA Explosion that was recorded before midnight. And I'm doing day jobs at the time, so was, I was young. <laughs> but you know, trying to stay awake on the ride home was a yeah, little sure. you know, driving home at five in the morning every night. But um, so L Explosion was made near somnambulantly, uh, um, and then suddenly people started showing up at our shows. Funny thing how that works. Yeah. But um, let's play some music. Everything's faded, the cows are coming home Lost and jaded, no matter where you roam And it's you, you can see it too She knows just what to do She knows just what to do She knows just what to do Until the end of day 
So girl, so go down on me I need a danger Just the kind that they promised you and me
don't need nothing. I stand where I stand, and I yeah, I am the fear you see in the corner, man. I am the spoiler. I yeah. stuff, Bill Bow, Fast Town, start off with She Knows Just What to Do by the Last. So, about this L.A. explosion, the album finally comes out when? August 15, 1979. Okay. And people are coming to the gigs, you think because of the album? Yeah, we couldn't afford to pay him, so it must have been that. Uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> but so what it started... Um, this had to have helped. I don't know for sure what K-Rock started playing the album. Keith Morris's girlfriend worked at K-Rock at the time. I suspect she helped. Like she would like, you know, tell you, play this, play this. But uh, we actually, at, at a time just before K-Rock was a power to be reckoned with, just before it's always the story of our life, or just a little earlier, a little late. It's, yeah. Um, but uh, they started playing... Uh, Mostly Every Summer Day and uh, Slave Driver for the album. And Slave Driver, of course, is particularly fun because swearing on the air, especially in those days, is just not done. There's a very audible, oh, shit, right in the middle of Slave yeah. Driver, which I'd heard on the radio, you know. It's, I, I, was, I was always proud of <laughs> my little contribution to naughtiness. But, uh, yeah, uh, LA Explosion's a kind of a tough thing for me to talk about it uh, didn't really turn out the way that I'd heard it because we were you know pretty well how do you describe the I mean we, we were I think at our best as chaotic as, as bands are supposed to be you know I like yeah. I'm always trying to go for the roar I guess yeah. the roar of rock is you know uh, a nearly out of control sort of monster, and that sounds yeah. not on that record. It, yeah, the our engineer didn't like distortion. Yeah, everything. So all every, every yeah, so everything I wanted to do was thrown out the window. So I, in order to get the record done, you know, it's it's actually in a sense it's allegorical to the preamp catching on fire. You make do with what's there. Yeah, you right. can't do what you can't do. And but what's interesting is that we got. As a result, it was clean enough for K-Rock to play. They, were, they weren't going to play the germs in 79, except for on Rodney. Um, but what would happen, we'd get all these nice new wave kids would start going to our show. Let's go to the Starwood and see the surf band, the last. And they'd go there, 
And, you know, we'd be like, I don't want to be alive! And people are slamming and this and that and stuff. And so the nice New Wave kids are horrified, and, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, and But they notice that people are having fun. And then a week later, the nice kids show up again, only they've got, you know, like spiky hair. And okay. Somebody's got a bicycle chain. It's like we were we were a halfway house for okay. bringing, indoctrinating well, you, so many nice kids into... But, you know, talking about Hermosa again... By this time, you're pracking at the church. Yeah. So you know some guys that are also pracking at the church. Yeah, and that's that's another that that I that do. could be another show. Flag. Yeah, it's. Um, Firm. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Basically. Yeah, the South Bay Connection, and it's like that was my see my thing at the beginning. They weren't flag. They were panic. Panic. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I, I, I didn't. I said they're naming, they're changing their name to a, to a, to a roach spray. Is that wise? <laughs> I, I was actually Raymond's name, and it was about the uh, anarchy. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To do with the Good old, oh, oh, yeah. Of course, there was a Hollywood band called Panic, and they had to change because Greg Shaw was going to put out the Panic record. Well, he was going to, he was going to put out that EP. Yeah, yeah. And he was going to put that out about the same time he was going to do the Shionawiri issue. <laughs> actually, so inadvertently, and I want to say, actually, you know, uh, Greg and I, actually, we almost got Look Again released finally. Greg and I were making plans for last reissues and were on the best of terms when he died. Yeah. And actually, my email crashed uh, within an hour of his death, I found wow. out later. And the last, our, my last thing I'd done in the email was I was trading emails with him yeah. for future projects. So it was so Greg Shaw on his way out of town crashed my email. Wow, way out of town. Way out of town. Way out of town. But you, you, um, but you hook up with these guys. Yeah, you, what you already mentioned earlier that your younger brother Dave was jamming with Billy. Yeah, well, he started. But Descendants originally was, you know, Billy always talks about the Descendants start out just uh, two guys smoking pot and in a bush. It's true. There was a bush. It was actually literally... Bush. Yeah. But um, my original idea had been when I saw the Backdoor Man was from the South Bay. I thought, oh, my God, and they're writing about this new scene that's happening. Maybe. I thought, what a crazy thing. What if we could get a South Bay scene? Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Then I forgot about that idea, but that got, I moved down to Hermosa Beach to my mom's place on 2nd Street specifically because of Backdoor Man because of that, because I had that wild idea and I needed a staging area to start to start what would soon be the last. To answer that question, Mike, my brother Mike just came up with the name. We had a list of, like, we all kept just, like, writing down names, potential names, and Mike said, the last, I said, nah. Then about 15 minutes later, what was that again? So he named, so Mike Nolte, who still exists in the band, yeah, did yeah. name the band. So what happened was we find out there's another band and we find in 78 I think God and that's Panic Greg Ginn I think he gets a hold of Brother David saying yeah you know we want to try to you know do a record how did you guys go about it and stuff and that led to you know we set up a meeting of the bands and um, and at this point by this point, um, The Itch, Dave and Frank Nevet have already started a band called The Itch. Frank comes up with the idea of changing the name to The Descendants. Yeah, it'll be cool to be with the bad spelling and everything, yeah. And the idea, like, you know, the last is like the 
the start of things, descendants come after him, you know. And um, okay. I remember that single rat race and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. What's the other side? Ride, ride the wild. Ride the wild. Yeah, ride the wild. Yeah, we're um, David. That's a Frank song. They'd already gotten Dave out of the band by then. Right, right. Um, they recorded. They were because uh, they were jamming in Long Beach, right? Because that's where Tony lived. Yeah, yeah. But they recorded at me. That was Media Art, right? right. Yeah. yeah so they're recording at Media Art. I'm walking down Pier Avenue, beer in hand. And I just look over and I see, you know, I see them in there. David's, you know, doing the knobs. Like, you can see the doors open. I can see for the street. So I walk in. It's just about the um, time for the solo on Ride the Wild. I thought, that should be louder. So I just reached over. Yeah. So you know how loud that guitar is when it comes in? It's my fault. <laughs> just a drunken little boom, you know, punk rock. <laughs> but I think it works. Um... But anyway, yeah, so so Dave and Frank were had already hooked up. Uh, we we arranged to meet this band called Panic. Um, and uh, while waiting, up rides Billy on um, on a bicycle. And he says, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be sitting in. Now, I swear, Robo was missing. Well, yeah. that's a different story. Bill doesn't don't. like it. Huh? Did no, they not they had Migdal, but this is after yeah. Migdal. But Robo Roberto had sure. had disappeared in downtown L.A. Oh, okay. And at least somebody said, you know, they were like considered they were going to maybe try Bill out to replace him. Bill swears that's not true. I will say nothing. I all of our memories are fallible. But anyway, uh, so there's Bill and Keith and Chuck and Greg and and us. And what ensues, and of course, Keith had brought enough beer for himself, which is yeah, one small liquor store worth. Um, <laughs> I, too, have brought some. So we, we, we've, we've, yeah, we have sufficient beverage. And so basically what ensues is this crazy, drunken little jam, wherein 15-year-old Billy Stevenson is making all these punk rockers play Rush. Great fun. Don't remember a thing about it, but we had a lot of fun. That was the beginning of the church scene. Uh, they soon changed their name to Black Flag. They, you, you, you probably want to stop for us something, don't you? No? no? Oh, good, good. Um, so uh, Greg soon gets a space at the church. Chuck gets another room, and it starts going like wildfire. Uh, Ron Reyes and I move in the day of Pollywog Park. Which is, I think, June of '79. With the Red Cross, Ron. Well, there's no Red Cross yet. Yeah, he becomes their drummer because because the tourists play the tourists play Pollywood Park. He's in the and 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 their drummer their drummer leaves soon after. (laughs) But I think Ron quit on stage in every band he was in. Yeah, no. Well, except for that last flag tie, the black flag time. I think he was. But he quit on stage. Oh, somebody, he was thrown off stage this last time. Oh, yeah. I'm talking oh, about the new black flag. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, he didn't get a chance to quit. What? Yeah, I, I hate it when I can't take sides, too. <laughs> okay. Think about the flag and descendants. They tour. The last doesn't really get into touring. And that's why we're the rich guys we are today. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got... 
Uh, you man, did do one tour. Bill Stevenson, 1980, is like, God, you guys got to get out. I don't think he's old enough to drive by that, but you know, you guys got to get out and tour and stuff. Yeah, we, we've always had. Didn't you do one in the 90s? Oh, yeah, but that's that's like a little bit too little too late. We never toured when we should have. There's always, oh, I'm in school. I can't do it. No, I can't leave my job. I can't. I. Yeah, there there was always a reason why it was impossible for us to tour, which is what it is. Nope. We finally tour. We we went to New York for a week in 88. We did a three week Disastrous cross country tour in '89. Okay, uh, just before the '90s. You didn't have a tour in the '90s, huh? No. Okay. No. Okay, so it's the late '80s. Yeah. No, you did one or two. My my memory is very fallible too. We've been playing on the show here a lot of stuff from this album called Danger that came out a few months ago, right? Yeah, yeah. What's the story about Danger? This has this goes to uh, Bill Stevenson. Yeah, it's, oh, the history in between. But um, Bill, well, we've always, um, well, to me, Bill was this very annoying kid that was always asking questions and that, you know, ah, whatever, go away, kid, you bother me and stuff. To Bill, I was this, he, for some reason, liked my music a lot. Yeah. And he used to tell people, like, in the early days, said, you know, someday I'm going to play in the last. I found this out recently, <laughs> but um, um, so it was with Bill, Bill to always do this. Yeah, and of course, when I started hearing, you know, as the, as the descendants progress, and as when I start hearing stuff that Bill has done, I go, oh crap, he's good, you know. So I mean, eventually, eventually, of course, a mutual admiration society develops, and you know, um, of course, Bill found a way to make music, you know, pay to some extent, which still is mind-boggling to me um but you went out to fort collins thank you let's cut to the chase <laughs> uh they were doing yeah yeah um they were doing uh yeah see i'm only in 2002 um yeah after numerous incarnations of the bad i thought you know what let's 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 do something fun. I asked Bill if he, had, you know, like he and Carl could spare the time to, you know, be the rhythm section. Carl's the all bass player people. Yeah. I, guess, he, I think he started out as a massacre guy with uh, Stefan. Yeah, Carl Stefan was Salt played Lake together. City, and then yeah. became part of Billy and uh, Milo's. Uh, well, Milo wasn't even in it. It was called Ball. Right. right, right. Different singers and stuff. And then. Uh, so Carl ends up on the bass, Billy on the drums. They they bring you and Mike, your brother Mike, over to. Yep, I've got I've got a bunch of new songs that I'm pretty happy with that are also like semi punk rock for the first time in a while. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we the blasting room. We do the album at the blasting room. Um, what was that like compared to Bell Explosion? Completely different. <laughs> it's totally Before in accordance. Midnight. Before midnight, yeah, yeah, and, and and Bill is kind of amazed because because I do my best singing, you know, like early in the morning. I guess that's not normal. Bill said, "Nah, you're supposed to like your voice mellows during the day." No, <laughs> um, but what, one thing Carl observed is that um, you've got two guys that have both been complete dictators of their own units for thirty years, and now they've got to work together. Yeah. 
<laughs> so me and Bill may have been at loggerheads now and then. But I thought it was mutual appreciation society. Absolutely. So you've got a dichotomy going. Okay. Even 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 while we're like telling each other to go to hell, it's like lovingly. But yeah, yeah, no, it was it was. Um, there were some funny stories, but yeah, it worked. Well, obviously, I think it worked. Really. The proof's in. You know, if you like what you hear, then it worked. I think it worked. But um, obviously, it's not uh, a group that's got a lot of time because, of course, Bill's Bill will be doing Flag at some point again, that's and right. of course, he's going to be doing Only Crime again, and of course, these little bands like the Descendants and all are going to be doing a little right. something too. Uh, plus, he's doing his engineering stuff. Uh, but uh, we've been able already to do at least uh, three festivals. One in uh, Florida, one in Texas, and then one I just got back from yesterday in Vegas, the uh, Stern Brothers thing, uh, Punk Rock Bowling. Bowling. We got to sort of uh, um, close out the whole thing. We played Monday you night. You got Raymond to do the cover. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, I I saw the Valvoom. I said that's it. We got to use that. I just you know. <laughs> uh, I remember all the Felix the Cat Punk, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we actually he let we I got to go through. He had this room. Did you ever see Panic when Raymond played the bass? No, because you only saw him with Gary, uh, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. Gary was the only. All right, Chuck. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I only saw... But he know. still was doing that thing with Danky Worm and Danky. Yeah, but I do. And actually, I, had, I I met Ray before I met Greg. That was at, um, I think, some mask benefit or something. And I was um, at a urinal doing what one does. And this strange, Foul. tall, thin guy just from out of who I didn't know said, so when are the last going to do another uh, gig? Wow, yes. Which was also... And you got to search through his thing for the art? Yeah, I got to search through all his stuff for something that was usable. It was and it was the Vavu. Nice, yeah. It just hit you. Yeah, he had done the Marie Callas separately. Then he did Vavum, and then for some reason he thought they worked. So he had taped that on there and just left it and didn't know what to do with it. And then, okay. Yeah. Now, it's called Danger. There's only one song on there your brother Mike wrote, and it's called Danger. Yep. Is, is, that, is it the and title song? And he named the last. And he named the last. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. I, I should just quit. Let him do the whole... <laughs> Actually, Mike's got some good new songs. How, how much younger to... is he than you? Uh, not very. Well, let's see. He's June 59, three years. He's only three years. Yeah. So he always seemed like a young guy. Yeah, David's younger than him. David. Right, right. He's the the guy on bass. Yeah. Uh, I am, you said it was David's first gig, right? Oh, at the whiskey. Yeah, David had just turned fifteen, like a month or two before. Just turned fifteen, so not even aware he's fifteen. And uh, uh, mom, could David join the band so he can go play the whiskey? We have a gig, literally. <laughs> I, he played chords on the bass. Where is he right now? Is he in England? No, right now he's in the valley, in the which valley? is almost the same thing. Yeah, he's doing. He does. Um, he's a sound engineer for um, TV stuff. Not as glamorous, but unlike us, he makes money. 
But um, he said he still, once in a while, he'll play. Once in a while, I'll get him to do the occasional show. Um, but yeah, so we've got, so sometimes David will play. I've got my local band, which has uh, Greg Tarpley on drums, uh, Lisa Torres on bass. Right. Philo. And Philo. And Philo is yeah. now, Philo is also now with the Bill and Carl version. He'll be on the next record. Oh, great. Oh, you mean you're playing another record? Bitch. Yeah. Bitch. We have no idea how we're going to carve out the time, but we all want to do it. Okay. We're at this point of the show, and we're getting near the end, where I ask our guests, what kind of advice would you give a young person if they asked you about music? The racket, you know? <laughs> if you want to make money, don't do it. Run, run. No, I think, you know, if if you have fun, don't listen to anybody, don't do anything for the money, you know, do stuff so that at the end, when you're like lying on your deathbed, you'll at least be happy with yourself. Um, For somebody who wanted to do it, it's you gotta. It's it's. I, I don't think you can want to do music. I think that you're compelled. I think you're forced. At least for me, it's like music makes me do what I do. So you would tell somebody, do you really want to do exactly? You really want to do do music? If 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 you really want to do it, it's yeah. not going to let you not do it. But um, if you really want to do it, but you're kind of afraid to admit it or you know, don't worry about it. Especially, don't, don't listen to your fears. Don't get in the fears. way of yourself. Don't get in the way of yourself. Yeah, it's and um, there's also probably a million ways to do it, and there's not one right way. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. That's a good thing to pass on. I, I remember uh, reading the uh, liner notes to uh, Danger that you wrote, and the big dilemma is who to dedicate the fucking record to. Always is, yeah. Oh, and of course, I, I'm pretty sure I dedicated it to my daughter. Yeah, by the time you get to the end, you say, I know who. Yep, yep. She sings like an angel and will not sing if she knows someone's listening. She's, uh, I'm so proud. Very, she's, she's, I think she's as shy as me, which is pretty damn shy. So I was petrified getting on stage, man, at the beginning. It's one nice thing about getting old. You look in the mirror and you say, God... I'm so pathetic looking, it just doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> Makes it easier. But younger, you do but, care. Yeah, younger, yeah. When you've got a fighting chance of, of not being hideous to look at, and you <laughs> want to kind of try. But yeah, totally my, you know, my daughter. Everything that I think I would have done differently as soon as... Yeah, what if the, a young person asked you, if you could do one thing different, what would you have done? I would have had a different answer before my daughter was born. But it's like everything, this whole maze of existence that yeah. I, the, the weird path I followed led to my daughter. So everything had to happen. So, yeah, having, so having had this perfect too. child, I wouldn't change a thing. Okay. But, um, that makes sense. Now, before she was born, I would change just about every damn okay. thing. <laughs> <laughs> but there's probably a million and a half ways to do it wrong, too. <laughs> <You think so? laughs> That's, uh, What's that called? Behindsight. 
<laughs> yeah, no kidding. But no, I just ask you uh, to hand on stuff because you know most people, yeah, they gotta do the mileage to learn the lessonage. So I thought yeah. maybe there's some little perlage. Yeah, I fucking share. No. The one be- the the beautiful thing about being where we are is that I could actually have conversations with like people with like fans. Like the best thing is somebody wants to know, they'll you know, they could talk to me and I'll give them a personalized version. That's why I heard about Jonathan Winters in Hollywood. If you found him in a supermarket, you got free twenty minutes. Jonathan That's was hilarious. Like, he was very oh, generous. That's amazing. You could get a command performance in the frozen food aisle. That's nice. <laughs> and Joe, yeah. so kind of you come over to the Love Grotto here. Nice to have you down here. Nice. Brother Matt. And, I'm uh, delighted to do memories, it. The special story of the last in your journey through music. We're very, very, very grateful. My pleasure. That was fun. Okay. Thank you so much. Can't wait to hear this next album, a future gigs with both. Well, I haven't seen the Carl Billy one yet, but I have seen the local one, and I did. In fact, we got to share the stage. That's right. That's less right. than a week after getting back from the last tour, and that was bitching. And for me to get to do, she don't know why I'm here with you was a dream of my life to finally do. For me and Boo see you do that 36 years ago. Ooh, thanks so much. My pleasure. It's been the May 28th. Edition 2014 edition of the Watford Pedro Show. Thank you so much, Joe. Certainly. Matt, thank you again for your always essential evening in yeah, bed. Thanks for that burrito. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Earned it. <laughs> Good people, thank you much, and keep your powder dry. <laughs>